Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we are back with another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Welcome back, Matt. I'm back. I'm a little tired, but I'm back. What are you tired for, man? Uh, traveling all the way around the world. Oh, yeah, that's right. Took like 30 hours and 18 hours of those on a plane. You know what? You're good at it, though. You're good at it. Did you have a good time? Did I get a gold star for being good? No, but you it. do get your car back. I do get my car back. That's right. <laughs> for all of you who are following along. I uh, Somebody stole my car while I was gone. I, no. Stolen is such a strong word, my friend. I first off, I borrowed it because I did you a favor. I cleaned that thing. That's true. I've had a, owned a car for three years. It's never been vacuumed. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it only had 5,000 miles on it, so it's not like it. Dude, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I washed it, too. Have you washed it? Mm-hmm. Okay. It looks good. Yeah, I do wash it once in a while. The inside of it is, <laughs> is remarkably cleaner. Yeah. I did, you know, test quite a few things, and, you know, for those of you that are waiting for the thrilling conclusion. Yes, Matt did have to basically reclaim his car from me, but we'll save that video for sooner than later. Maybe. Yeah. Those will all be on the uh, full scale Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm going to, uh, I will, I've actually published some of them on YouTube as well. So I will uh, mash all of the videos together into one master file in the end and let you watch the whole saga. But yeah, that was, um, you know, I, I, while you were gone as well, I, I really did. I love the car. I mean, the Ferrari California is a beautiful ride. And, you know, my I, my scheme to win enough money to buy my own playing penny slots did fall a little short, but I did. <laughs> you did win some money, though, didn't you? I did. And then, yeah, yeah. Actually, everyone I went with won. How often do you say that at the casino? I always win at the casino because I just don't play. Because you never go. Yeah, I was at the so, casino in Cebu last week and I didn't play. Dude, the best thing you can do when it comes to winning money at the casino is not go to the one in Cebu. <laughs> Any of them. Like, I think the thing that stands out the most is the time when I went and I was trying to play a slot machine. I put some money in it and literally none of the buttons worked. None of them. Not even the one to like call the cashier. It was a complete system failure and uh yeah those if, if there are any machines that are rigged it is the ones in yeah. so so yeah another trip to the full-scale office man uh since we've been keeping everyone up to date up to 75 employees whoop whoop that's a lot of people i know i, know. I was over there uh checking out the new space that we uh bought in a skyscraper it's yeah. coming along yeah it's uh it's got some work to go. It looks like, well, they got like three weeks. They're supposed to have the space ready for us. Do you believe that? No. I don't either. I mean, I, I did go down to a, a different floor that was done, yeah. like ready for a tenant to take over and start right. doing some stuff. I think I think maybe we'll get there in three weeks, but then we still have our own stuff to do. I, right. I'm already worried that we need to get another floor. I know. I said that almost about 20 minutes after didn't signing we, the other Didn't place. we hire like 15 developers last week? Yeah, 17. That's crazy. Yeah, I might do we it. We found them all. 
I might do it again this week. Who knows? Oh, no. There might not be enough time. I don't know. We're going to need a bigger office. Or, yeah, probably or another floor. So, yeah, that's been that's been uh, amazing. You know, once again, for those of you kind of keeping up with that, fullscale.io, not going to get too shilly about it. We help software businesses grow. But, yeah, so anyway, another trip over there. This you this time you spent a lot of you, – you went with someone else that we're going to host uh, later this week. Uh, your CTO from Stackify, right? That's right. So for for those who are listening that maybe don't know or don't remember, I'm the you know founder and CEO of Stackify as well. And so Ray is our director of software development, basically. Mm. And so he went with me. Um, we have about eighteen people there, roughly, uh, that work at Full Scale, but they work for Stackify. Right. Um, Full Scale has you know another ten or fifteen clients or whatever the number is these days, but uh, we're one of them. And right, so that went really well. Um, I'm we'll excited see. to have Ray on here and talk more about yeah, his experience. I was going to say we'll uh, save the, the team. We'll save the deeper details for the next episode because I think that'll be interesting. I think that it'll be interesting as well to get some inside, get an inside look at how guys like you and Ray work with the team, and you know, even a team that's not directly next door. But yeah, I know that I saw you in a couple of videos. By the way, for the videos that you were in, I stayed awake. You stayed awake? Yeah, you said you fell asleep during my videos, my presentations. Oh, well, mine was at a karaoke bar. No, I saw you giving shots to employees. Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, because what could go wrong? So, for for uh, a little backstory there, you know, so we do shots of Fireball at the Stackify <laughs> office whenever we have a good day, you know, from sales or, or something like that. So, we decided to uh, bring that um, part of our uh, company culture with us. So, we, we found some Fireball... In Cebu, and, those were big uh, bottles, man. We we lined it up and did some uh, shots, fireball. And, did everybody uh, do one? Just about, yeah. Um, I, I probably shouldn't say who to, who did or did not no, uh, in, in relation to the HR violations that probably occurred that day. But oh, wow. um, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, the president of the company may or may not have partaked. I may or may not have saw that, Interesting. or would say that. But every everybody had a, a good time. It was good. So you're saying you 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 actually committed an HR violation? Probably, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we did. I'm like a walking HR violation, not in like a weird way, but just like I don't know. I'm not always as as uh, I'm candid. That was that was uh, one of the moments to remember. So yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Okay. So you know, as far as like what we're doing over there and the growth and everything, what was the difference that you saw from the la- from the trip when you and I went together? Because when you and I were there, we saw a lot of symptoms of a business that it's growing too fast. Well, that's, well, I think that's what we need to talk about today, right? Is we're kind of our own little startup with this. So, yeah. um, so when we went last time, one more, like like start- we're of a June? startup with 10 years of experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. when, when we went together, was that like the first week of June? It was, yeah, it was no, it was the third week of June. Okay, and then you went without me. That was like three yeah. or four weeks ago. So that was in I can't remember. I don't know. It's come and gone so quick. First part of August. Yeah. But anyways, so back just to give frame of reference, like back in June when we went, we had like about twenty employees. No, forty. Forty. Okay. Yeah. Well, we had twelve of them start one day, so yeah. that moved the number a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so we now went, we're up to we seventy-five. Went from, we went from twenty-seven to thirty-nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So point point being, we hired a lot of people over a short period of time. Um, it's presented challenges. Yeah, I mean, we just hired an HR person and people to help the recruiting, and um, 
just trying to work through all the kinks of all that, right? I mean, it's its own kind of startup and trying to figure out um, what talk, we need next, right? Let's be open. Let's talk about some of the issues we had. So, like you talked about uh, bringing on an HR guy, you know, well, we didn't have one. We had no HR department. We had like over 40, 50 employees by the time he showed up. We did the best we could. You know, and I, in some ways, we'd probably get away without an HR person, even if he had 40 or 50 employees. I think what makes it so much more stressful for us is how many we're hiring. Yeah. Right. If we had 50 employees and the number was steady, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But when you're hiring 10, 20 people a month or more, all of a sudden there's a lot more work to do. And, and let's talk about where that affected us because all those people needed to be interviewed. Yes. And that, that took a little dent. Like we had to borrow people from Gigabook. Well, and, and for every about. person we interview, there's however many else the don't make it. Or for everyone we hire, there was so many more else that we interviewed. Let's actually talk because I think it'd be helpful to talk about it with the hiring process. A couple of the things that, you know, I, so I, early in the, in the early stages of full scale, I took on almost the whole process, mm-hmm. even the interviews, the recruiting, all of it. And I started kind of handing a lot of that over. It's gotten so much better since you stopped. Oh God, that's not true. It's gotten better for me since I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the things like, for example, um, we, we started insti- instituting live, live testing, like code testing, right? Yep. Actual like assessment skills for .NET, PHP, Ruby on Rails, Java, all the different programming languages. And what that did was enable me to uh, eliminate 90% 80 to 90% of all people that applied because their test scores sucked. Right. And if you can't pass the test, then, you know, it's, well, that's kind of a red flag. So these code tests literally make them solve bugs and, you know, find bugs and fix them and do different things. And, you know, what that did was it also, um, it did two things. Well, it let us eliminate a lot of candidates that probably weren't, you know, we're trying to hire people that are at a minimum in the top 20% of what they do, preferably right. in the top 10%. So the testing was, you know, and if they were cuspy, if they were like 75th percentile or something, we might have them in just to see if they were, you know, something magical personality wise, mm-hmm. but it let us eliminate. I can't believe how many people would get zeros and like 15% and stuff like that. And they, they don't, some of them just don't finish the test either. Well, it's because they quit. Yeah. They get three questions in and they're failing and they're like, oops, looks like I'm not going to make it, but that really saved a lot of time. And then, you know, and then my, my rule is you got to have multiple people talk to an interview candidate. And there's a a mentality behind that. It's because, you know, one person might completely see someone differently than the next. Mm -hmm. And you might like, you might love someone for some reason. And I might talk to him and go, man, this guy's probably a train wreck. And you know, that, is a good idea to do it. Um, so we actually do like a kind of a, a loose phone interview and talk to them for a little bit. And then they come in mm-hmm. and, and at that point they've already passed a test. They've gone through an initial interview and, you know, before we had the HR and the recruiting person, we were having to borrow our own developers. Right. We we're asking people that weren't necessarily, they, they were just good, being good sports for us. Well, when I was there, we were interviewing people nonstop. It seemed like, yeah, it was just like all day long. That's because literally when you left, we had 60 employees Mm -hmm. and now we're at 75 Mm -hmm. and every single one of them was assigned to a client. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that made, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, they'll tell you what you talk about every day. 
every day, it's like it's picking up a little speed. So with that, I'm trying to, and we are trying to think multiple moves ahead. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, and we've mentioned this before, you try to think about the things that could go wrong and what you're going to do about mm-hmm. it. What about when things go right or really, really right? Well, and that's what's been weird about this is we haven't tried that hard. I know. And it just, stuff just keeps going and going and going. When we say we haven't tried that hard though, meaning we haven't tried that hard to promote it. No. We've basically... We've been really trying to keep up with what what's presenting itself. Yeah. And that's been, uh, that started with our own kind of like, well, uh, it's almost like our own little angel list, you know, and I say angels and I don't mean in terms of an investors, I just meaning like people that, you know, people that I know, people that both of us know, some of them came through other channels. Uh, A lot of it's just referrals now too. Yeah. And that's, what's been kind of nuts too, is that, you know, if we managed to place this many people and not even you know, like, sure, we've talked about it on, on the podcast and, and, you know, for those of you that have inquired from listening here, thanks, you know, we've enjoyed working with you guys and there's a few that have become clients. So you can reach out and chat us up if you want, but yeah, it's a, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to actually try. I thought it was cool when I was, when I was in Spoo last week, I had a call with somebody from Singapore Yeah, that could be one of our first international clients. So it's kind well, of, we've cool. actually, and we're all, and we've started kind of moving all over the country. Now we have mm-hmm. a client, in Minnesota, another one, in Silicon Valley, several here in our hometown of Kansas city, talking to people outside of the country. And mm-hmm. yeah. So who knows? I think we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. It's just crazy. And, and to your point, it's like, we don't do any advertising. We don't really have a sales staff. We're getting ready kind of, to change that. Yeah. We're going to do some cool things, some things that, uh, give back. Every, everybody needs software developers. Yeah, and there's not enough of them. So, well, I guess that's working out for us. I mean, I think our clients are all having a good time and finding a good value. All right, so the hiring process, getting a little better. Some of the things that you know we had to move towards was <laughs> at first when we were not interviewing a ton of people, we just kind of had a simple spreadsheet that have to start exploring ATS applicant tracking <laughs> software. Well, and it's, it's funny you say that because when I was there last week, we were talking about trying to keep track of not necessarily the applicants, but who we hired and the open positions. And I went, I went to him uh, one night and I was like, you know what, call me crazy, but let's get out some freaking sticky notes, post-it notes and put them on the wall. Yeah. And we did. And they actually, they loved it. They just loved the visual of like, okay, here's who we hired that starts this month. Here's who we hired that starts this, this month. Here's the job openings we have and when those start. And just sticky notes on the wall worked wonders. I mean, uh, Occam's Razor, the just, simplest solution, yeah. right? Yeah, Looking but, for some complicated software, but it's like, let's just get out the damn sticky notes. And, you know, sometimes that's what does it. That kind of reminds me of, like, my original sales process when I first started learning how to sell. I had, like, a wall with, like, a thousand. I look like, have you seen A, a Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe when they go in his office and he's just got, like, paper stuck. Like, the whole room looks like a bird. Mm-hmm. He's got somebody, that's what my wall looked like. It was very disorganized. But, okay, so hiring got a little better, and that's good. We also have put someone in charge of uh Recruiting and employee development. Yep. I think that was a new thing for us. And, uh, you know, that was that was needed. You were pushing for that. You were leaning on me for that. And There's a lot of things we still need. You were leaning on me for recruiting, uh, uh, someone in charge of recruiting since June. And I kept kind of pushing back. But I finally uh, caved. And, I, you know, a lot of that was 
just like trying to figure out the velocity and where we were going to put people and stuff like that. That's still a problem, by the way. We have a whole we have a whole floor of a skyscraper that we're trying to now build out. We're hoping to have it open by November first. So here we are. What's it? September tenth. It's well, not going to happen. We're going to see. It's not going to happen. We're going to see. We're going to see. So you were saying like, you know, one thing I noticed with the building that was there, you're talking about being able to have it able to be handed over mm-hmm. and ready by a specific date is they kind of come in like a swarm of bees. You know, they'll have like a hundred people. Like mm-hmm. I went to one of they those. They were working 24 hours a day. I went, to, I went to one of those floors and there was like 60 people working on yeah. it. And when you have that kind of number of people working on stuff you can get things done it kind of, kind of reminds me of those like uh those games like the sims or whatever where you have all the workers and they go and like build a house and it's like one two three four five one of my one of my favorite things about that when we were there was they you know in buildings they don't have like a 13th floor or four or, or in yeah. this case it does, our building doesn't have a fourth floor so they put little um uh plastic over the in the elevators over the the buttons you would push and then wrote the actual floor number. So it, instead Did you of find out what flo- actual floor we're on. So ours, I think we're 14th, but we're actually the 16th. So how does that work? Well, I, I think so all the construction crew is working off what the actual literal floor number oh, is and not the phantom numbers yeah. that they don't use. And so it was just kind of goofy because everything was um, conflicting with each other. So they're like, it's like, oh, we got to the 14th floor, but you get off the elevator and it says 16 or whatever. But I guess that way the construction crew is straight on like, okay, go up 13 flights of stairs and you're there. But it's just goofy. That Everything about that is so stupid to me, how they don't use those floor numbers, but whatever. Well, I know we're on one of the floors. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be two of them. It was funny. When I went to Lisa, I actually like inquired. I wanted to maybe be on the top floor just because the view was better. And they were like, we're going to finish these in order. Meaning like the 14th, yeah. 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th. Like well, they were really intent on working their way up well, sequentially. It's going to be interesting when they hand over all the floors to us and the other tenants. And now you've got all these people trying to use the elevator and everything to get equipment and furniture. And that's going to be a... <laughs> quite a bottleneck i'm still i'm still trying to figure out you know so in the layout we've talked about we've got a lot of glass walls and stuff like that so you have these pieces of glass that are one meter by three meters so three feet by nine feet and i don't think they're going to fit in the elevator are they going to have to carry those up the stairs one by one i don't know i learned something else that was interesting i feel like if you well hang on i feel like if you really want to keep in touch with the process you need to go over there and carry a piece of glass up no i don't so it's 14 stairs i don't think so I'll be okay. It'd be a good workout. No. What else did you learn, Matt? Um, it's lo- by law there. If you have more than 200 employees, you have to have a nurse on staff. Really? Yeah. Wow. We might need to get on that. So I thought it was kind of fascinating. You wondered why they did. Well, that was one of the things. So we got the layouts and, uh, you know, we talked about this in the skyscraper edition, but, you know, so since then we've actually got some layouts and there was a, there was a square in there for the infirmary. And, but you and I both were like, it was a clinic. Yeah, a clinic. It, it said infirmary at first, the okay. very first draft. And I don't even know if you saw that one, but I think that we both at one point said, what the hell do we need an infirmary for? And then the Colleen, who's the, you know, our company president over there, she said, I mean, think about it with 200 people, one of them's probably going to be sick right. all the time. And yep. I was like, oh my God, that's totally right. And you talk about the weird things you didn't think about. Well, in the building we're in now, I guess they have a nurse on staff. 
in the building that's there for us to use in the huh. case of emergency. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to be like a separate unit where you can like send almost like the school nurse. Well, in our current building, there is in the, in the Avenue. Building? Yeah. There oh, has wow. to be by law. Interesting. Well, it tells you things that I learned after having been in a building for seven months. Yeah. I probably would have gone and seen that nurse the Saturday that I was there or the <laughs> Sunday after, after our company beach party, damn red horse beer. Um, okay. So, we got an HR person that was neat. We got a recruiting person. We actually dedicated an office assistant. That was new. Yep. That was new. Um, we did have a company president and now we're actually, um, not trying to get the cart before the horse here. We're actually talking about kind of like a COO client success mm-hmm. manager and, and, you know, we need to hire account managers and stuff like that. Yeah. And why is that important? Make sure our, uh, Accounts are happy and our employees are happy both. Yeah. And, and to kind of bridge that communication. And that's another thing, you know, like I was doing some of that. So were you, but it needs to be a lot more consistent. Right. And it needs to be systematic and it needs to be, you know, on a regular schedule. And the thing is, is like you get to that point, you talk about scaling and going full scale and all this. And, you know, all you can do is all you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of like at that limit on a lot of that. Yeah, we're got our own, uh, our own little startup here trying to figure out some of these things as we go. That is something I have not said much, if at all, over the last 20 years. I'm at my limit here. I try to take on too much. I think that that's a, a fault of mine. But well, it's nice to be able to hire really talented people. Yeah, I think that's And been delegate exciting. these things to them. That's been exciting. All right, so what else happened on the trip? Did you eat anything weird? Did you eat balut? I did. You know what? I looked for the the guy who would sell balut every night on the back of a bicycle, and I never saw him. You know, that's not the balut you want to eat. Right? I know, but uh, I did try dried fish, which was actually pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it actually was. It had the head on it, didn't it? Yeah. Man, I'm gonna I struggle with that. Yeah, I I ate a lot of different things, so it was all good. Huh? I, I even had some fajitas. Fajitas. <laughs> I went went to American restaurant that and had fajitas, and I'm like, aren't fajitas a Mexican? Food thing. When, when we went there, where did we eat? We had it like, uh, was it TGI Fridays yes. or something like that at the mall? Like The first night we got there, we, we went to the mall because everything's at the mall, right? Our hotel's right by the mall because there's all the restaurants there. And we ate at a uh, restaurant that was Filipino food. You and sang karaoke, right? We did. We did karaoke a couple times. That what was song fun. did you sing? Um, I only sang, well, I sang a few. I tried to sing a few songs. I'm really terrible at singing. Let's, hear, let's hear something. Uh, what song did you sing? Do you even know? Let's see. You sang more than one, didn't you? Yeah, I tried to do Linkin Park in the end, and that was way too hard. Oh, man. It's not really singing. I, I tried to do uh, Don't Speak by No Doubt. <laughs> I think I did okay at that one. Is it because you sound like Gwen Stefani? I tried to do a Tenacious D song, and that was too hard. Which one? The slow love ballads are easy. It, some of these songs are more like... Like the Lincoln Park song was a little more of a rap, and like yeah. that's just terrible for karaoke. I think maybe you and I should like team up and maybe do a Melly Vanilli song, or well, come or to maybe, find out, maybe their whole catalog. So when I, when I was out of town, my wife went to a karaoke bar here in Kansas City. Yeah, that was so, the, that was the night that I borrowed. Yeah, the car. So there's one that exists. We'll have to go down there and do it. So I, whenever I thought of a karaoke bar in the past, I always thought of like a whole bunch of people in the room and like one person doing karaoke. Um, but these karaoke karaoke bars there have a bunch of individual rooms. They're like little party rooms. So you get, no one wants to 
stand up in yeah. front of 300 people. So you get like four people or six people or well, 10 people up, or whatever. I'll stand up in front of 300 people and sing, even if I'm really bad. It was really a lot of fun. I, I definitely would do it again. I think we should do like The Voice or like one of those shows where we literally have, you know, very strict peer judging and, you know, all the way down to a final round. We had, uh, we took the whole team out to do karaoke one night. There was like 20 of us and there were several people on the team that were pretty amazing at it. We did karaoke. I was not on, one of them. We did karaoke on the bus to the beach party. Yeah. Which there's videos of. I think I saw sure. videos of yeah. that. Yep. There's videos of me. I now I didn't record videos of me singing, but I did sing a couple times. But I was really disappointed in the song selection. Like, you know, there's actually really, you know, Eric, our creative director, uh, he broke out an amazing version of Mandy by Barry Manilow. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, the the song selection was uh, was pretty weak on the party bus. So I tried to do a Lady Gaga song. That was fascinating. Man, how many songs did you sing? I tried. None. I tried. (laughs) Is this a good time to point out that you still owe an on-air song or video from the episode five? So I almost did that. You did because I think it was Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, did you call me? Maybe. Yeah, I. That was my suggestion. Yeah, I was almost did it. Because I was thinking about this when I was trying to figure out what songs to do. I was like, oh, I could do so this stupid song. So you almost did it and you didn't? Yeah, and record it. So who is with you? Because I need to know who to be looking for for the video files. I mean, you can tell me off the air. I, there there will be a video of Matt Watson singing karaoke. On. Jill, got a, uh, Jill got a video of me. Easy. She'll, yeah. She'll, yeah, yeah. But I have a video of her, too. I wouldn't count it as blackmail because hers was really good. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that you can probably count on a a video of Matt Watson singing karaoke on the start of Hustle Chat pretty soon here, Um, as well as the final installment of Borrowing Watson's Ferrari. Um, That was fun, by the way. Um, Except for, you know, it rained a couple days, and that kind of put a a damper on my, my egregious breaking of traffic laws. Great. Yeah. This car's fast. The car would have been useless in Cebu. Yeah, I know. You would have got to go like zero to 25. You would have been wishing you had a motorcycle the whole time. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I probably would I spent have. 30 minutes in the taxi one day to go a mile. I probably would have accidentally hit someone on a motorcycle. Yeah, so um, I think the good news is, is, you know, like while I was borrowing your car, I, you know, I did some, ex- I did quite a couple experiments, you know, like. First off, man, there's no trunk space in that thing. No. I mean, I wasn't expecting to buy 11 pairs of shoes. Oh, my God. Hey, 40% off at Adidas, and it was already 25% off. So how am I not going to do it? It was really my wife that tore that up. Wow. But, yeah, you can only fit two bags in the trunk, and then the rest had to go in the back. And then I drove about a half a mile, and the wind was just rattling the paper. So I had to pull over and put the the roof up. My car looks like a transformer when you Mm -hmm. put the lid up. So. That was all right. And I, I think I was a little surprised. You know, I'm I'm six four, but I fit in it just fine. I Even was, with a top up? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was a little surprised with that. And uh, I think that I look back at, you know, people say, How would you fit in a car like that? But the cars that have that are two door, you can usually put the seat all the way back. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well anyway, so it sounds like Cebu went well. Um, yeah, it went really well. The travel wasn't too bad. I slept on the plane both times. It's just a long day, but it sounds like a miracle. Fun. Anytime you can sleep on that middle flight. Oh yeah. So you went to Hong Kong. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it was cool. I mean, I know we're just in the airport. 
I'm not quite sure if that's part of China or not either. Just like Look Taipei, how, like Taipei, because <laughs> Hong Kong used to be part of uh, Britain or whatever. And I think it's still sort of its own little they thing. They sold it back. It was yeah. leased in like, like 1990, 1999, I think. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know, that but was it a was, weird thing. I had the most expensive two drinks of my life there. So it was, all right. You haven't been to the Taipei airport yet. Have you? No. Okay. So when no, I, was, this one was like a high end mall on the inside. It was yeah, crazy. So, so was Taipei. There was a Rolex store and yeah. all that stuff. And they have yeah. all that in Taipei. Did I tell you about the purse that I, that I tried to buy my wife? No. So when I was in Taipei, you know, and, and when we talk about these high end stores, like these, these airports, it's just unbelievable. Like there's four coach stores, like Mont Blanc, like every type of purse, every type of shoe, every type of watch you could imagine had a store there. And then there was a bunch of other crap. So I was trying to buy my wife a gift and, uh, you know, I have a, just happened to have an eye for quality when it comes to women's purses. I don't know why. But, you know, all the purses my wife owns, I've picked out and she loves all of them. So I went to like 10 different stores and then I saw one that I liked and I went back because I wanted to go buy it. And I'm sitting there and the girl working there now in Taipei. All right. And the Philippines and Cebu, especially, they all speak English. Taipei Airport, not so much. So I'm trying to communicate and I ask this girl how much it is. And she gets out her little calculator and she's just like tap, 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 tap. And I'm sitting there thinking that's a lot of tapping. It's probably going to be pretty expensive. She goes, uh, 3,700 us. I was like, what? So I clearly do have an eye for quality. Wow. But that wasn't, I, I went and bought something to coach. So, well, that's good to know. So I guess we're probably going to have to go back to Cebu and do some kind of launch party for this new office. Yeah. What's the over under on us making this, uh, making this happen by November 1st? Not a none. You really think none? No, maybe December 1st. Ooh, no way. That's two and a half. That's over almost three months from now, man. Yeah. Going to get a swarm of bees in there. You know, the thing is, is I, I learned some things too, like the tempered glass. It takes two to three weeks just to cook that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, cause they don't just have like a mega sheet of glass that they cut it from. They literally bake it. So we only need like, I don't know, like a hundred pieces of that. Oh, geez. Yeah, you're going to carry most of them up the stairs. Nope. It's a new regimen. Well, I think that, uh, uh, you know, like, so we're both back. For those of you listening, once again, sorry that it's been a little irregular with the publishing. It's been difficult with both mats traveling around the world. Um, We got a little window here. We're going to try to pump out quite a few new episodes, uh, have some cool guests coming up. We're going to have Ray from Stackify on in the next episode. We've also got some cool stuff planned. We're going to do a, uh, a movie review series. I'm about, excited about that. Yeah. About uh, business documentaries. And uh, we're going to, um, that'll be an episode where we're actually going to talk about the ones we're going to talk about. We're still getting that figured out. And we want to let you guys know what they are ahead of time. In case you want to watch them. Um, we're even going to let you know which ones are free on Netflix and which ones might not. I think we might even need to prioritize the free ones. Okay. I don't know. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of you in class. Have you watched any of them? No, I guess I did just give you the list last night, didn't I? So anyway, Matt, I'm going to get back to work because I got a bunch of stuff to do with 75 employees uh, overseas now. So, all right, let's do do work. See you next time. See you guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.